0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the podcast, and today I'm going to do my review of AEW's Dynamite. Uh, before we even get into the show, man, I wanted to get into some of the news, notes, and rumors that have been going on with AEW. A lot of stuff has been heating up with AEW, AEW as of late, so I kind of wanted to touch base on that stuff with you guys before we get into the actual show of Dynamite that happened last night. So, a uh, couple of things I have highlighted here, man. Number one, uh, Tony Khan. Tony Khan made a humongous announcement yesterday. Uh, through Twitter, or X, if you will. Uh, He says that, you know, uh, like I said yesterday afternoon, he made an announcement on Twitter saying that AEW will sign a -a one-of-a-kind talent or one of the best wrestlers in the world. He will sign, or AEW will sign at Full Gear. Now, this is also someone that he also reiterated that is respected in the wrestling world and respected with the AEW fans. So, after he made this announcement on Twitter yesterday, or X, if you will, um I started to think, man, who that who could this possibly be? Who could this, you know, best of the world signing could be? Who is this person that, you know, is respected throughout the wrestling world and especially the AEW crowd? So there was three names that popped up in my head um that the signing could be. Uh, number 1 obviously Will Ospreay. Now, the reason why I'm a little hesitant on it, on it being Will Ospreay is because from what I understand, Will Ospreay's uh, Os- Ospreay's contract is not up with New Japan into I believe February of 2024. Now, with that being said, it is very possible that Tony Khan maybe purchased the rights of his contract possibly uh, worked out with something with New Japan and he was able to acquire Will Osprey. Um, which again is possible, but I don't know if that's 100% likely. Uh, the other person I thought was was Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan is currently a free agent. He is no longer employed with TNA Wrestling. Um, I know he also has a show in L.A., I believe tonight, uh, with his promotion, Wrestling Revolver, which is a stacked card, by the way, which I think is live tonight at 8 on uh, on Fight. If you guys want to go over there and check that out, the card is absolutely stacked, by the way. Um, so, with Sammy Callahan being in L.A. Uh, for this weekend and for his promotion, and him obviously being a free agent, um, a lot of people are speculating that it could be Sammy Callahan. To be honest with you, I'm all for it. I, I'm not against Sammy Callahan coming over to AEW. I think it'd be a great addition to the roster. Um, I think he's a great talent and it brings in a whole new dynamic into AEW with the persona that Sammy Callahan brings to the table. The one thing that I'm gonna say about Sammy Callahan as far as what Tony Khan had said was one of the best wrestlers in the world and someone that is respected in the wrestling world as far as AEW fans. Now I'm pretty sure Sammy Callahan is respected throughout the wrestling community and wrestling world, if you will, but one of the best eh, might be a stretch. Um, but like I said, I'm not taking anything away from Sally Can- uh, Sam- Sammy Callahan's work and what he's put in, um, but again, I don't know if it's going to be Sammy Callahan that's going to show up at Full Gear. Now, the other big name and the big elephant in the room is mercedes Monet. Uh, mercedes Monet's, you know, been shown on AEW product. Um, obviously, she was at All In in London um, as a guest from Tony Khan. And I know Tony Khan has a lot of interest in bringing in Mercedes Monet. Now, could this be the high possibility of it being Mercedes Monet? Absolutely. Um, and I mentioned this to you guys last week um, when I did my uh, review for Dynamite last week that the way that collision, uh, collision and Dynamite are being as of late, as far as creative, man, they need a shot in the arm. And what I mean by that is, is that they need some excitement. They need to bring in more eyes to the product, and they need to bring in, you know, bring in somebody that can bring in more spotlight to AEW. And bringing in someone like Mercedes Monet with the name value that she has, and she's an incredible in-ring performer, um, it's a win-win for AEW, not only for Tony Khan, but also for the fans. I mean, to bring in someone like Mercedes uh, with the track record that she has, obviously with being Sasha Banks at WWE and the matches that she had over there in WWE and NXT, um, and she's been killing it over there in New Japan, I, I think bringing her in Uh, Her being Mercedes Monet in the AEW, I mean, it benefits you know all parties involved, especially the women's roster. I mean, right now the women's roster in AEW right now is crumbling, Um, and they need that that superstar on the roster. I'm not taking anything away from people like Statlander and Julia Hart and Willow and Soraya and Tony Storm. I think Tony Storm is doing some of the best work in her career as of late with the you know timeless Tony Storm character. Man, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I even told you guys. you know, when it comes down to the match that Tony Storm is going to have with Sheeta at full gear, I 100% believe that Tony Storm will get the win over Sheeta, and Tony Storm will become the new AEW Women's Champion. But bringing in a name like Mercedes is just only going to elevate that women's roster. Uh, the matches that Mercedes could have in AEW on that women's roster is absolutely fantastic. I know a lot of people are probably salivating on seeing Statlander versus Monet, or a possible Britt Baker versus Mercedes Monet match. So I'm all for it. If, if it is Mercedes Monet. I think it's a great addition to the roster. I think it's a great addition to AEW, and I think it's exactly the shot in the arm that AEW needs to bring a little bit more spotlight to the product and you know get people you know excited again for AEW. Uh, speaking of signings, um, it was also announced yesterday that Kota Ibushi is now currently officially All Elite. He signed a contract yesterday afternoon or less, uh, last night with AEW, so Kota Ibushi is All Elite. Again, I think this is a great addition to the roster. Uh, he's had a couple of matches now with AEW, obviously working with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. They just had that street fight last night with the Don Cowes family where Kota Ibushi pretty much no-sold that uh, Tombstone pile Driver off the apron from Kyle Fletcher on top of the chair structure to the outside, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. But um, it's a great addition to the roster. I think Kota Ibushi has still a lot to prove. Um, I think he's severely underrated. Um, and to be honest with you for what it's worth, you know, I have a lot of respect for Kota Ibushi, but for the past couple of times that he's been on AEW, man, he kind of looks lost. Like we're not getting the same uh, Kota Ibushi that we used to see in New Japan where matches he had with Okada and teaming up with Omega in New Japan. So I'm hoping that we get that Ibushi back soon with an AEW because as of late, man, a couple of matches that I've seen from Kota Ibushi, he looks absolutely lost in that ring, but all in all, it's a great addition to the AEW roster. Uh, The other thing I want to get into is the Continental Classic Tournament. Now, this was announced during Collision last week, uh, where Tony Khan was backstage with Brian Danielson. And Tony Khan announced this round-robin tournament, the Continental Classic, that will take place over the next few weeks on Dynamite and Collision. And the finals of the tournament will take place at the next pay-per-view after full gear at uh, World's End in December at the uh, Nassau Coliseum. A um, couple of things I want to say about this tournament, man. I'm absolutely all for this tournament. Um, the way that they're kind of highlighting this tournament, it's going to be pretty much the G1 that you see in New Japan, but now you're going to see, see it in the States. Um, and Tony Khan has reiterated that he wants the AW best, pretty much the wrestlers that he has on the roster, a part of this tournament. It's a 12 12-person uh, 12 tournament, two teams, teams of six, um, and he wants the best, you know, he wants the best people on the roster to be a part of this tournament. And to be honest with you, I hope that's the case. I hope we don't see a, you know, a Jeff Jarrett or a Peter Avalon or something like that. I, you know, we need to see Darby, Daniel Garcia, Andrade, Miro, um, Roosh to be a part of this tournament. You know, it's the 12 best AW wrestlers, even Malachi Black would be a great addition to this tournament. And hopefully that does happen. Um, I'm absolutely all for it. The only issue that I have right now with this tournament that it was announced that we don't know what the winner of this tournament gets. We don't know if it's it's a uh, if the winner of the tournament gets a future title shot against MJF or whoever the AEW world champion is going to be. We have no idea what is the prize if you win this tournament. Um, but if it's successful, I would like for this tournament to stick around every year. Um, I think it's a great addition. Uh, to AEW, but I want this tournament to be, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, this needs to be kind of like how King of the Ring, when Brett was wrestling Razor and Bigelow and Mr. Perfect, and, you know, you saw the progression that Bret Hart had to go through through that tournament in the King of the Ring, but during that tournament, he was—he got injured, his hand was completely mangled, I think he almost had broken ribs in that match, and then we get to the finals, and it's Bret versus Bigelow, and Brett's struggling, to beat Bigelow, but he ends up winning in a roll-up. You know, we need to see, uh, we need to see that kind of stuff in this tournament with AEW. You know, we don't know. We need to see, you know, Tony Khan's top guys lose. You know, or you know things that you don't expect to happen to happen in this tournament. You know, a draw or a tie or somebody getting injured and getting replaced in a tournament with another better name, or you know, so on and so forth. That's what needs to happen to make this tournament successful. And like I said, this tournament's going to, you know, I believe it's going to start next week. And it's going to lead up to uh, World's End, which takes place, I believe, December 30th at the Nassau Coliseum. And that will be the finals. Uh, That's where it all, you know, culminates at the, you know, Nassau Coliseum. That's where it comes to an end. And, you know, there needs to be top names in this tournament. Kenny Omega's, the Darby Allens, the Brian Danielson, obviously, Daniel Garcia, Andrade, Miro, Malachi Black, Roosh. There needs to be top names in on the roster a part of this tournament, and I'm absolutely all for it. I think it's a great addition to AEW, and it gets people excited. I know there's a lot of people, including myself, that are all for tournaments uh, if they make sense and if it's logical. Uh, because right now, you know, the best thing that AEW has going right now is the Devil's Mask, which I will get into towards the end of the podcast, and we'll talk more about what you know I believe, you know, who's in the Devil's Mask and what I think is really truly going on here with this whole storyline, but that was kind of my news, notes, and rumors as far as what's going on with AEW, but uh, let's get into the show with Dynamite last night, um, it was a solid show, man, uh, starting off the evening, we go to our first match of the night, it is John Moxley teaming up with Wheeler Yuta versus Orange Cassidy and Hook, I, th- I thought this was a solid match, uh, back and forth matchup between both teams with Orange Cassidy and Hook attacking Moxley and Yuta in the crowd, Moxley and Yuta were trying to keep the pace of the match, but Hook hits a T-bone suplex in the middle of the ring. Hook and Yuta both exchange in the middle of the ring with Moxley hitting a cutter on Hook. Orange Cassidy then hits an orange punch. Moxley hits a Death Rider on Hook. And then Yuta ultimately hits a roll-up. Pins for the three. And your winners of the match are John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta. After the match, John Moxley grabs a microphone, pretty much mocks Orange Cassidy. And says Orange Cassidy doesn't have a chance in hell to be him in the match that they're going to have at Full Gear for the International Championship. Moving on from that, we have Tony Schiavone in the middle of the ring. We're going to have a face-to-face between Adam Page and Swerve Strickland. Uh, Tony Schiavone does reiterate that if Page and Swerve end up fighting each other other in the ring, that the match will be canceled and the match will not take place at full gear. After that, Page then says that Swerve will never be champion. Uh, He also talks about Swerve's personal life, talks about his wife leaving him and stuff like that. Um, So, you know, Page got a little personal with Swerve. Paige then mocks uh, Prince Nana, which I thought was absolutely hilarious, but then Paige also says, well, since I can't hit Swerve, it's not like I can't hit Prince Nana, so Swerve ends up, Paige ends up attacking Prince Nana, and Swerve is just sitting there watching Prince Nana, you know, pretty much get destroyed in the middle of the ring, Um, you know, my thing about this, the face-off between Swerve and Paige, it's a great story, you know, Swerve and I mentioned this multiple times about Swerve. Man, Swerve is one of those guys on that roster that's severely underrated. Um, who I hope one day is a world champion for AEW, and he should be. Um, I even mentioned this about Swerve a while back ago that Swerve will make a great TNT champion. Um, Swerve is completely underrated, and this match between Page and Swerve at Full Gear is a Texas Death Match, which is right up the alleyway for Page. Um, with that being said, you know I can see Page going over at full gear and getting the win over swerve but i don't think the storyline is far from over between page and swerve and i think we'll get a third match between page and swerve probably at world's end could be a steel cage match who knows but i like the you know the dynamic of the storyline i like the fact that it's kind of giving off vibes of the three stages of hell you know back you know back in the day with wwe it's kind of giving that same kind of vibe you know and again, I, I think we're going to get a third match between Paige and Swerve soon. But I definitely see Paige going over in this match against Swerve at full gear in this Texas Death match. But again, solid stuff. It was a great segment. De- definitely, definitely get you inside, uh, excited for the match at full gear between Paige and Swerve. Uh, moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is a TBS title eliminator matchup. It is Red Velvet versus Sky Blue. Again, solid match, back and forth matchup between Red Velvet and Sky Blue. Red Velvet then hits a standing moonsault in the middle of the ring. Sky Blue is trying to keep the pace. Sky Blue then hits a Skyfall for a near fall. Red Velvet then hits a powerbomb on Sky Blue. But Sky Blue ultimately hits the finish on Red Velvet. Pins for the three. And you're winner of the match. And moving on to a match at full gear against Chris Statlander and Julia Hart is Sky Blue. Hats off to Sky Blue for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that. We have RJ City backstage with Mariah May, the new addition to the AEW roster. Uh, RJ City told Mariah May last week that he was going to try to have Tony Storm meet, or have Mariah May meet Tony Storm. Um, at first, it looked like there was a little bit of conflict uh, with, I believe it's uh, Luther, who's uh, working with Tony Storm. RJ City knocks on the door, uh, then the door sho- you know closes in his face, and then somehow RJ City gets invited in the door. And uh, Tony Storm sitting backstage on a couch. Uh, Mariah May comes up, meets Tony Storm. Says she's a huge fan of Tony Storm's work, uh, and looks forward to uh, you know some insight, if you will, and some uh, I would say not I would say help, but uh, more or less uh, kind of picking the brain, if you will, of Tony Storm. That's what Mariah May's trying to do. Um, the one thing I say about this man, you know, why I, am I hating this whole thing about Mariah May going after Tony Storm? No, I'm not. Um, this to me, if you guys remember, kind of gives off vibes of when Mickie James came into the fold with WWE and she was kind of effectuated with uh, Trish Stratus. You know, she would follow her around all the time, try to pick her brain, try to be, you know, her tag team partner, try to come out and save her in matches that she doesn't need help in. This is kind of the same vibe I'm getting from Mariah May. Um, she kind of gives off a Mickie James vibe when Mickie James was going after Trish Stratus. And Trish Stratus was on top of her game in WWE at the time. And Mickie James was really just trying to be around Trish Stratus. And I think this is kind of the same idea uh, that AEW and Tony Khan is trying to do with Mariah May. Um, now, credit, not a lot of people know about Mariah May. I mean, the I only thing I know about Mariah May is that she gives off Mandy Rose vibes. And that uh, she obviously did a lot of work exclusively with Stardom. Which is an all-women's, uh, I believe, Japanese promotion. And she's done a hell of a job over there from what I you know assume. So... I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for, you know, the women's roster needs to have storylines, man. It needs to have build. And that's one thing that I mentioned to you guys last week, that the, the, one of the biggest thing that's crumbling AEW right now is the women's roster. There's no storylines. There's no build. There's no excitement around the women's roster right now in AEW. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, bringing in someone like Mercedes Monet is a shot in the arm that not only that AEW needs, um, but that women's roster is desperately seeking right now. They need a household name, and who better to, for that to be than Mercedes Monet? But I definitely look forward to what's going to happen next with Mariah May and Tony Storm. I think again, this is going to be something where it's kind of like Mickey James Trish Stratus ish, where you know Mickey James is going to be trying to follow, you know, was following around Trish Stratus. Stratus, I, I think uh, Mariah May is going to be doing the same thing with Tony Storm here, and just following her around, trying to pick her brain and get involved in. Pretty much everything that Tony Storm's trying to do with AEW. So, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. This was a glorified squash match. It's Samoa Joe pretty much versus a jobber. Uh, Joe was keeping the pace throughout the entire match with Joe quickly applying a submission hold on the jobber. And your winner of the match is Samoa Joe. After the match, Joe grabs a microphone and says that he has extended his offer to be MJF's friend. So, it looks like right now MJF, you know, is looking for a friend. Adam Cole's out. He's not obviously going to team up with Roderick Strong. So I feel like Samoa Joe is, you know, MJF's last hope for protection from not only the uh, the goon squad, if you will, that's been attacking, you know, people backstage like the acclaimed, but the person in the devil's mask who nobody truly knows who that currently is right now. Uh, moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is a tag team matchup. It is Penta teaming up with the Commander versus the Young Bucks. I thought this was a good match, uh, a back-and-forth matchup between both teams with the Young Bucks keeping the pace of the match. Commander then hits a double DDT off the shoulders of Penta, which I thought was absolutely incredible. Penta then hits a pump-handle slam for a near fall. Penta then hits a fear factor off the apron. Commander then hits a springboard Canadian Destroyer. Matt Jackson and Penta then both exchange in the middle of the ring with Nick Jackson hitting hitting a Jewish Effect, kind of taking a page out of Chris Jericho. And the Young Bucks ultimately hit a BTE trigger to end the match. And your winners of the match are the Young Bucks. A couple things I want to say about this, man. Number one, Young Bucks, this this whole heel turn has been awesome. I'm all for it. Um, this whole deal that they have with Chris Jericho, I think it's great. And I think the match at full year is going to be absolutely awesome between the Golden Jets and the Young Bucks. The other thing I want to say about the Young Bucks that I noticed the other day as well is that if you went to, it might still be up on their... Uh, Uh, on their website for AEW, if you go to AEW.com and check out the roster page, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson are no longer, at least from right now, they're not EVPs. The EVP title was taken away from Matt and Nick Jackson, and Kenny Omega is still currently an EVP. So I I don't know. Again, I'm not looking too much into it, but I do think it's kind of odd that, you know, all of a sudden, Matt and Nick Jackson are no longer EVPs of the company. Even though they helped started the damn company, they're lo- uh, no longer EVPs. And just Tony Khan and Kenny Omega are kind of more, more or less in cahoots than what originally was with the Elite. <coughs> so, um, again, I just thought that was odd. Uh, moving on from that, <coughs> we go to our next match of the night. Uh, it's the Gun Club versus the Jobbers. Uh, it was a glorified squash match, man. The Gun Club were keeping the pace throughout the entire match with the Gun Club hitting the finish. Pins for the three, and your winners of the match are the Gun Club. Hats off to the Gun Club for getting the win in this matchup. Uh, moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. This is the street fight. that is Kenny Omega teaming up with Jericho, Kota Ibushi, and Paul White versus the Don Cows family. I thought it was a good match, uh, back and forth matchup between both teams. With Paul White hitting a choke slam on Fletcher off the ramp, uh, through a table to the outside. Kota Ibushi and Takeshi both exchanged in the middle of the ring with Hobbs hitting a scoop slam on Paul uh, on Paul White off a you know it looks like pallets that were stacked up onto this parked car. It looked absolutely brutal. It Was a hell of a spot uh, for Paul White. Jericho then hits a Judas effect. Cage then hits a suplex off the top rope. Through the tables on Omega to the outside. Fletcher then hits a tombstone off the apron through a chair structure on Koto Ibushi. Kodo Ibushi ends up no-selling the hell out of that tombstone pile driver off the apron through that chair structure. But then Omega ultimately hits a one-winged angel. Pins for the three. And your winners of the match are Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Kodo Ibushi, and Paul White. Hats off to Omega, Jericho, and Ibushi and Paul White for getting the win in this matchup. Moving on from that. We go into our next, not a next match, but uh, we have an MJF segment. Uh, MJF, you know, hopes that the acclaimed are okay. He also says that he doesn't want to let the fans down or the people in the back down. He also mentions full gear in the matches he's going to have with Jay White. Jay White ends up showing up. Jay White says that MJF is the devil, and he's 100% certain on that. And then the Bullet Club Gold, Gun Club, and Juice Robinson end up attacking MJF and leaving him motionless in the ring Uh, a couple things i want to say about dynamite man before i get out of here um decent show at best sorry about that i apologize i'm a little under the weather um but all in all it was a solid show i'm not gonna sit here and say that you know i'm not gonna be one of those guys that's gonna sit here and shit all over the show and say oh dynamite's you know awful now do i think they're you know they're creative needs to be better absolutely Um, but it it wasn't a bad go-home show for Full Gear, man. Full Gear, I'm definitely excited for Full Gear. Um, There's a lot of matches on Full Gear that I'm definitely looking forward to. Obviously, Page versus Swerve in that Texas Deathmatch. John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy. Again, solid matchup. Uh, The Young Bucks versus the Golden Jets for Full Gear is going to be absolutely awesome as well, but I think the biggest elephant in the room for Full Gear uh, is who is this person that Tony Khan has signed? Who is this top talent? Top free agent, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, who who has Tony Khan signed? Is it Will Osprey? Is it Mercedes Monet? Is it Sammy Callahan? Um, me personally, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that it's Mercedes-Monet. Um, I'm not saying you know, Will Ospreay won't come over to AEW, but from right now, from what I understand, his contract is not up with New Japan until February 2024. So unless Tony Khan kind of, you know. Who knows what Tony Khan did to get Osprey at this Very point, uh, especially with his contract Being up in February of 2024 I don't know how Tony Khan pulled that But um, If it is Monet, it's a great addition To the roster, uh, to the women's Roster as well as AEW And I, I truly believe it's a shot in the arm that AEW needs, and I mentioned this to you guys last Week, that they need this desperately um, 100%, I mean they need Something, especially for that women's roster To you know put the spotlight on and they don't really have that right now. I'm not taking anything away from Tony Storm and Statlander, but they don't have that holy shit factor for the women's ro- for the women's locker room right now. They don't have that. You know, the men's roster has had that Sting, CM Punk, Adam Copeland, who was just the recently new addition to the AEW uh, locker room. The women need this. The women roster needs this desperately right now because right now they don't have. They don't have their holy shit moment, man. They really don't. And right now, bringing in Mercedes Monet is only going to elevate the women's locker room. Um, Mercedes is going to obviously help out other younger talent on that, you know, on the roster. And there's a lot of good matches on the table for Mercedes in AEW. Like I said, Statlander, Thunder Rosa when she comes, brat, uh, comes back, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, uh, Sheeta. There's a lot of matches on the table for Mercedes Monet to have. You know, maybe a rematch between Monet and Soraya. There's a lot of matches on the table for Mercedes Monet to come into AEW and be an ambassador for AEW and the AEW Women's Locker Room and maybe bring in other, you know, women to AEW that want to match with Mercedes Monet. So I'm hoping, you know, with Tony Khan making this announcement on Twitter or X, if you will, I'm hoping it's I'm I'm hoping this announcement comes with a bang, to be honest with you, because a couple of announcements that he's had as of late have been a flop. I mean the last last announcement that Tony Khan had was the announcement of pre-sale tickets for all in for next year in august who the hell cares you know we have a whole year until we get to all in why are we doing pre-sale tickets for it now especially around the holidays um but all in all man it was a solid show it really was it was a solid show and obviously like i said you know who is this free agent that tony khan signed you know that's what everybody's waiting for especially and not only that you know that's I wanted to talk about this as well—the person in the devil's mask. I will reiterate this one last time. I do believe it's Adam Cole. Um, I know a lot of people are going out on a limb and saying that it's CM Punk. Man, there ain't no shot that it's CM Punk. You know, I know there's people out there that are CM Punk elitist. I get that, and that are super fans of CM Punk. God bless y'all, man. But hell no, hey, there ain't. There's no way. I mean, from a business standpoint, and just trying to be logical—you know—as logical as I possibly can be. With y'all, it doesn't make sense, even from a business standpoint. I mean, number one, CM Punk is a top talent. I'm not taking anything away from Punk and or Phil Brooks, if you will, or what he brings to the table as far as professional wrestling is concerned. I know there were some people saying, oh, he's making you know new merch for Pro Wrestling Tees. Okay, that's a whole private entity, a whole private company that you know that's their own company. Man has to make money somehow, so obviously he's going to make merch, and Pro Wrestling Tees is willing to. Comply with CM Punk and make merch for Phil Brooks. I'm all for it. Um, But him being the devil in the devil's mask, why why would you do that? Why would you take him off Collision or Dynamite for, what, three, four months? When Collision's ratings have been absolutely the drizzling shits for the past few months. They haven't done a damn thing. Uh, Obviously, Adam Copeland coming back didn't really save the ratings for Collision. Um, and you build this whole show collision based around CM Punk, not to have it, not to have him on it for the next three four months, doesn't make sense. I mean, you got to look at it from, like I said, a business standpoint. You know, Time Warner and Warner Warner Media. You know, if Tony Khan comes up to them and says, "Okay, well, we're going to have CM Punk on television for the next three four months, and he's going to be the devil in a devil mask, and we're going to reveal him sometime within the year," <coughs> makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense. So. I mean, for what it's worth, we can just throw that whole CM Punk idea out the window, to be honest. I'd be very, very shocked uh, if CM Punk is the person in the devil's mask. Now, with that being said, there are a laundry list of names who people have said it could be. It could be Britt Baker, um, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Jack Perry. Who knows, man? I, I mean... I just don't really believe it's CM uh, CM Punk. Even some people were saying it could be Wardlow. Now, credit—I don't think Wardlow is a person in the Devil's Mask, but Wardlow could be a person uh, of interest as far as you know the Goon Squad, if you will, that's been attacking you know people backstage or attacking the acclaimed. He could be a part of that. Me personally, I think it's the uh, it's Adam Cole, and he's going to turn heel. And the people that have been attacking the acclaimed backstage were. Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Roderick Strong. That's just my opinion. I, I and a lot of people were like, Oh, well, you know, we already had that before and stuff like that, and it's just we're getting the same old, you know, rinse and repeat stuff. But my thing is too at the same time, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, you can have MJF come out as the biggest baby face in the Nassau Coliseum versus Adam Cole, who's a complete heel and turned his back on MJF his best friend. His best pal, his brochacho, if you will, and the story it sells itself, man. It sells itself, and it's going to put asses in seats at Nassau Coliseum, and that's just the way it's going to be. And I, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's it's we're also getting quality matches. You know, right now, I believe the Devil storyline right now, the person in the Devil mask, like I told you all earlier, is one of the best story if not the best storyline going right now in AEW. Period. Like, there's nothing else that even comes remotely close to that right now. Maybe if you want to be, if you want to dictate it, maybe Swerve and, and Page might be second in command behind that. But other than that, man, there's really not a whole lot of storyline going on right now in AEW. And there's definitely no storylines going on with the AEW uh, Women's Championship or the Women's Locker Room. It's just, it's not there. It's, it, you know, and... Again, and I will reiterate this, it's hard to really be invested into the women's locker room and what the women are doing right now because there's no storylines being built. Nothing to really sink your teeth into and be like, you know, damn, this is actually pretty interesting. This is pretty cool. I mean, I'd like to see where this goes. We're not getting that. We're not getting that at all from the women's locker room, which is a damn shame. Um, which takes away from the the morale, if you will, from the women's championship, even the TBS championship. You know, we're not getting predominant storylines they're just getting overlooked or just the creative team is just not really interested in the women's roster um and i'm hoping you know if this whole you know big signing at full gear is mercedes monet i'm hoping that can change i hope monet can come in and bring some more spotlight into the women's locker room and get people excited because what better person to bring in to get people excited not only for just AEW as a whole but for the women's locker room than mercedes monet it'd be perfect, you know, it'd be in LA, it'd be perfect, it'd be absolutely just, it fits perfectly with Tony Khan and what AEW's been doing since the very beginning, and mercedes Monet fits that that picture perfectly, absolutely. Um, now, am I putting all my eggs in the basket with Monet? No, but I think Monet is probably one of the top names that comes to mind that this person could be as far as, you know, the big signing at Full Gear, you know, like I said, it could also be Will Ospreay, which I don't know how Tony Khan, you know, got the, you know, acquired the services of Will Ospreay and had him sign a contract with AEW when he's currently under contract with New Japan until February of 2024. Um, And there's also Sammy Callahan, which is a wild card, you know. I'm not taking anything away from Sammy Callahan, but, you know, do I think he's one of the best in the world or the best in the world? No, I don't. I'm sorry. Uh, But he's a great talent and he would be a great addition to the AEW locker room. I'm not taking anything away from what he's done in the ring. He's had some great matches with TNA and some great moments, but... You know, I, I don't think you know. I don't think that's the the person that Tony Khan is specifically talking about. And again, you also have to understand this: when Tony Khan made this announcement on uh, through Twitter or X, if you will, it wasn't like he was you know specifying on if this was a woman or a man as a free agent that's coming into AEW. You know, he didn't specify if it's a woman or a man coming in and being this top free agent for AEW. So I think you know Tony Khan is trying to keep this under wraps, obviously until full gear. Excuse me. Um, But all in all, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for full gear. I'm excited what it entails. I'm excited that, you know, it gets fans involved. You know, obviously, a lot of eyeballs are going to be at full gear because, you know, everybody wants to know who the hell is this person that Tony Khan's bringing in. It just brings excitement back into the pay per view. And the card's stacked, man. I'm really excited for full gear. Um, And I'm hoping that, you know, we figure out what the hell's going on with this whole Devil Mask thing as well. Not for nothing as well, we also have uh, in the the buy-in or the pre-show, if you will, we got MJF defending the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships and I guess the gun club, and he needs to have a mystery partner. Now, I personally think that mystery partner is going to be Samoa Joe. It just makes sense to slot Samoa Joe into that spot and help Joe uh, help MJF defend the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. But again, you know, it comes with its own deal because it's like, okay, well, why why would Joe vacate? the ring of honor television championship just to be a ring of honor tag team champion if you will with teaming up with you know mjf you know so it's really up in the air on who it could be but i personally think it's going to be samoa joe because right now the storyline is you know samoa joe joe's trying to you know become friends with mjf just so joe can get closer and get an opportunity at the world title with mjf so who knows man i mean it's still up in the air but all in all There's a solid Dynamite last night, and I'm definitely looking forward to what's going to happen at full gear and who in the hell is going to be this big free agent signing that Tony Khan is going to sign at full gear. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But with that being said, this is my review of AEW's Dynamite. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful, and remember, stay classic. Peace.